thank you, Brother Ray, for the song service. Appreciate it. Um, we are living in unusual times, and, and I believe the things that are happening are happening on many levels. And I don't believe the world will ever be the same after this. And whatever it is leading to, I believe there's an incremental change, and it's happening to the world. And I want to say, God is in control. And uh, we trust in Him. You know, really, the whole way of life has been shut down. You know, and in every respect, and you know, is every, everything you, if I can say it this way, the treadmill that the world has been running, they've been forced to stop. And I would say, it's an opportunity. I don't have to run on that treadmill. You don't have to run on it. Hey, let's use it to our advantage. Man, it, it's, it's wonderful. We're just thankful for it. And we thank God. We're going to take every advantage God gives us, and we're going to channel it in the right direction. So I know naturally the world changed in 9-11, and we had some comfort in knowing that happened over somewhere else in some other part of the world. But this has been brought to our doorstep. This has been brought to everyone. It, it has put the world on the same playing field, and it has put the bride on the same playing field. You know, we could say we're in a first world nation, but I'll say this, every nation, every child of God is in the same place today. And we can, we can call on one resource, and that's our Father, the Word that He's given us, and I'd say we have a great opportunity to bind together like we've never bound together before. So I, I just want to encourage you, and as we see the, the great distresses and the groanings, and you know, we see them in the physical, we, we see the toll on the economic level, and we see it in, in every level, but I, I, I want to maybe touch on that more on Sunday, but I just want to say the things that are going on that are in our midst, and, and they affect us, and, and we could be affected more than we realize. You know, I'm hearing our, our prime minister say this, the, the distancing rules could be in effect till July. I mean, that's going to change everything for a long time. And so, however it is, and whatever it affects us in our jobs or our health, uh, in, in, our, in our, hey, I heard Walmart's even cutting their hours. You know, how is that going to affect? Is God going to change the message because of that? No. The message stays the same. I can't go to my favorite restaurant. That's not going to change anything. We still go on with God. You know, and, and I can't sit down and have coffee. I can't get a haircut. I can't shave. I can't do all the other things I used to do. I mean, I threw that one in there. But we, uh, there's lots of trouble in the land. You know, so, you know, the message doesn't change. God knew we would be here. God has gave us the word that we would be here. And I say we have a confidence in that. And if I can say it this way, and I, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to relax myself a little bit here tonight. And uh, Brother Branham would speak in the message, Way of a True Prophet, and he talked about how Amos was a prophet, and he was a prophet of God, and, and as a prophet, he didn't look at what he saw at the present time. And I would say that the prophet in our day didn't just look at, at what the conditions of the world were back then, but with a prophetic eye, God lifted him up. And he saw things. Friends, we are, we are pulling out quotes that are so pertinent to the hour we live in. Quotes regarding plagues and germ warfare. 
that, that absolutely were ordained of God to give us a comfort knowing these things would be here. And those prophecies went forth, and I'll say, we who have received them, therefore us to draw on them and say, oh God, you knew we would be here. We thank you that you gave us this. I, I wanted to just share a scripture at this time. It's not my text, but I, I just want to take it for a moment, and it's in, in Luke chapter 18. We, we went this way in devotion here just earlier this week, and uh, this is in Luke 18, verse 31. And uh, I want you just to think about the context that was there. This is when Jesus, then he took unto him twelve, and he said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and spitefully entreated, and spitted on, and they shall scourge him, and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. Now, Jesus is speaking this not to the world, but to the twelve, to the twelve disciples. Just like God gave us a message in this last day. Now, what's amazing to me about all of this is the next verse, verse 34. And they understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. I, I don't know, I can't, I don't, as much as God has enlightened us with the message that we've been given, we know that there needs to be plagues and tribulations. We know there needs to be an economic collapse. We know there's going to be pressures and a squeeze. I don't think any of us could forecast that this is the way things would start to play out. Not one of us. And I say this, but now that it's here, we are reminded and I'll say this, I've gone into the message and I say praise God for what he's given us. He has enlightened us. You know, I, 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 just, I, I was in self-isolation until yesterday and I went out and I met three people and two are in the business place and I'll tell you, think about what the rest of the world is going through right now. They don't have the comfort of the scriptures. They don't have the comfort of the message that you and I do. And they have, I'll tell you what, there is a level that humanity is going to. They are being gripped with, with worry and imagination and fear, and it's borderline going into, into complete insanity. Amen. I had a brother from the U.S. text me today. They have a restaurant I kind of like. It's called Chick-fil-A. It's run by a Christian group, but they can't, they can't have the restaurant the same way, but they have a takeout. And so they have a little white tent outside of their restaurant and, and, uh, and, and people were coming by and, and picking up their food. But other people saw the white tent and they started running and said, is this where I can get the COVID-19 inoculation? I need it, I need it. And like, people are, are, are just completely, friends, we have a comfort, we have a God, we have a token, we have something that's speaking for us. And I say, the world doesn't have that. And I say, the world is gripped by it. And I say, we ought to thank God. 
And we ought to take every opportunity we can to go into the message, to take it and, and eat it and eat the book like we've never eaten it before. I'll tell you what, you can watch the news too much. You watch the news and you watch every update and I'll tell you what, it puts you into a cycle where you begin to worry. Does that mean you shouldn't worry? I, does it mean that when I sneeze or I had a cough that I started to worry? Have I got the symptoms? No, I'm as human as everybody. I've had the thought. Does it mean I wonder about where business will be at in three months? I've had worry just as much as anybody. But if I keep in that cycle, if I keep watching the news, if I keep watching what everybody's doing, it's not going to help me. One thing will help you. That's to stay in the Word, feed in the Word, have a relationship with God and feed and, and, and pray to Him. And I'll tell you what, keep your mind stayed on Him. Keep your mind stayed on the promises. That is where your safety is. That's where your comfort is. And I'll say this, I need to do it, you need to do it, we all need to do it. So we thank God for that. And I'll say, we never thought things would play out like they are. We don't even know what will happen. I, 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 I was reminded, you know, we know that the bride will not go through the tribulation. We know that the people of God will not go through the judgment. That our purification is now. By taking the word and allowing it to cleanse our hearts and cleanse our minds and, and, and wash, wash away everything, the, the, the foolish virgins, they go through the tribulation for purification. But we need to take our comfort in saying, God knows his own and he will not bring us through that. Matthew 24 I can just read that. I haven't even gotten to my text yet tonight, and I, I'm, I'm not going to try and do everything I've been holding in for two weeks here, but I, I do want to just share a few thoughts, and, and, and these are some of them. But Matthew 24, and in verse 8, I believe it is, or 6, rather, it, it does say these words, You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. We've heard that for a long time. But let's look at this. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. I don't think we ever, if we just focus on that word, we ever had the level of pestilences. There, there's been a level, but that has affected a world full of eight billion people like it is today. And I'm not just talking about physical, because there's a physical effect, but there's a spiritual effect. And, and I'd say this, and the Bible says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. I believe we're moving into a cycle where we're seeing, and I, I think we can begin to see what a tribulation's going to look like. And I say, God has given you this space. And I say this, if you are not in the right place with God, I would say, I don't want to say this out of fear, but I want to say this with a, with a solemnity and, and a warning and say, friends, you don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I think we need to be serious with God about where we stand with Him. And I, I just say that out of, out of my heart. I think I, if I can encourage you, I've heard that that, that there, there's other churches that stream that are not message churches. I hear they're having record attendance. People are, like on online I'm talking now, people are tuning in like never before. But I'll say a large part of that is because of fear. And I say, 
Because when this is over, if they continue on, a lot of them just want to get past. I, I read a quote this last week where Brother Branham said, he, he says, God will heal you if he sees that you're serious about continuing to serve him. Now there's something for us. I, I don't just want to be healed so I can just go on the way I used to go. I want to be set on a right course, in a right path. Let's, if you, wherever you are tonight, I, I've, I've just needed to say that. I had some thoughts on my heart. I, if I can just say one other thing. We had to adjust our, uh, uh, our singing last weekend because of the regulations. Uh, we were able this last week to get a little bit of clarity from the uh, Alberta Health in terms of how we conduct our service and, and how we would do it. And then we also had a uh, confirmation with the Edmonton public, uh, the, the Edmonton Police Force, about how we would do it. So what you see here actually is, is based on their recommendations, and that is to have a separate pulpit for a song leader and to have a screen glass and to be protective. So we want to do everything that we can that will not put anybody at risk. And we are doing this because that is also the order of faith. And, uh, and so this is much of what we've been working towards, and I just thank you for bearing with us. And, and you know, whatever things may change yet, we just keep working. But I, I thank God for our musicians. I thank God for our song leaders. I, I thank God for, for everyone that has labored. God bless you all. Amen. Let's just stand together wherever you are. I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 9, and... Uh, we're going to just read a little portion of Scripture. I'm going to take this, this portion from Romans, and this is in Romans chapter 9. I'm, I'm going to try hard not to preach. I'm, I, I really am saving. I purposely didn't take all my notes. I just took a very small portion of it because I, I, I would never be able to do this in a right manner. I want to be able to allow the Lord to minister um, on, on a level if we can. So, this is Romans chapter 9, and this is in verse 28. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom, and we would have been made like unto Gomorrah. Think about what God has placed in your heart to be able to receive Christ, to believe this message. Where would you be if God had not done that? Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are just thankful for this gathering wherever it is. And, and Lord, we're asking you now to come. Lord, we're inviting you. Take our humanity and put it aside Lord, come and minister to us tonight. We need you. Lord, we need you more than we've ever needed you. But, Lord, we're not trembling and, and worried. We're, we're here to serve you. And, Lord, we know we want to be sincere in doing that. So tonight we ask that you will just take the word, bring it to every heart, to every young person, to every family, to every home, Bring it to everyone where they are. May it minister faith, Lord, in a world that is full of unbelief. I pray, Heavenly Father, may we draw comfort. May we hear from you. Lord, we commit ourselves to you now and ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. For those of you at home, you may have the comfort of your seats. For those of you that are here, you may have your seats. Thank you. There we go. Also, if I can, Malachi chapter 4, to just take that context together. Malachi chapter 4, we're going to pick this up in verse 5, very familiar. Behold, I will send you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So there would be a curse coming, but there would be hearts that would be turned. Now, I'm, I'm going to just try to take this in, in a couple of different levels, and I'm, I'm purposely trying to hold back a little bit tonight, and, and I, I want just to lay a few things that I'd like to expound on on Sunday a little bit more. But we, we took this and mentioned this already, and this is out of, Brother Branham speaking, out of the message, God doesn't call a man to judgment without first warning him. A prophet foresees things that are coming. He sees the cup of God's wrath full before it is filled. See, he can say, thus saith the Lord, God will destroy this city except you repent. Why? He's an eagle. He rides way yonder. He looks way up there and he sees the cup of wrath poured out. That's what prophets look at. He isn't looking, Brother Bram would say, he ain't looking at what is going on here. He's looking yonder. He says, it's coming. He can go so high till he can see that shade. Listen to how these words are. He can see that shade. He said, the world will be dark, darkness, and then gross darkness. So it, there's an oncoming level of this that's coming. In, in one place, Brother Branham would refer to it as a great fog that is coming upon the earth. Now the prophet is that high, he sees it, he knows it's going to be here, and he speaks it as though it will be right here. Now, if we're not careful, we can do exactly what Noah did. He preached 120 years. I don't know if this was Brother Moses speaking this on Sunday, but 120 years till the message can be dull in our minds because we've heard it so often. But when we see things coming to pass, it ought to sharpen us. It ought to say to us, we're here. And I say that tonight. I say, we are here. We are at a time where, oh, we're almost this is the hour. Could this be the hour? Could this be begin to be the sequence of events? And so we're, we, we ought to be not taking it as words naturally, but we ought to allow it to prick our hearts way down deep. So, so these are events. So now Brother Branham would refer to Amos. I, I talked about Amos, and, and you can go in the book of Amos, but Amos came to Israel who was living in a time of prosperity I mean, refer to this further down the road, but he was an anointed prophet. He saw Syria come down with their chariots and sweep them through, slaughter them people out. He saw it coming, and the judgment of God was upon them. He saw it 50 years before it happened. Brother Benham passed off the scene in 1965. 50 years later, plus a few extra. 
Things that he said back then are more vivid and real today than they were ever before. Now, I say that we've heard them, but I say we ought to re-say, Lord, you're speaking to us right now. And I think we can say it with an assurity. If I can say one thing, the world is not hearing this today. I will send you, Elijah the prophet. Now, the prophet spoke to America. He spoke to Canada. He spoke to the nations of the world. He spoke in such a way that it was, it was proclaiming judgment. It was proclaiming what was going to come. It was a national voice. Now, as a minister, I'm here today. I don't have that national voice. But you're hearing, and you're hearing re-echoed things that we need to hear, that we can see clearly modern events made clear by prophecy. So Brother Branham would, would say a couple things. I'm, I'm just saying, you've heard it, you're hearing it today for your benefit, for your comfort. The world heard it and will be judged by it. And I'm not putting everybody out that, that isn't there. This is a time, if any, that we should pray for God to move on the hearts of our loved ones, that we should pray for God to deal with their hearts and their lives. I think this is a season that he could do that. But I, I say, now brother, I would say, God doesn't always strike when he warns. And he says the other thing is, the prophet is mocked. If he's a vindicated prophet with the word of the Lord, he has the signs of God. And he says if it doesn't come to pass, often it's, oh, that's an old crank or whatever it may be. But he says there's only one thing that will stop God's word, and that is a quick repentance. And if there isn't a repentance, it'll happen. And Brother Bram would say a whole generation passed before Amos' prophecy came to pass. There's been things of people that have left the message and they say, oh, he said this, he said that. I'll tell you what, friends, a generation has passed, but you're here, I'm here, and I say I am more grateful than ever for the message that we've been given. Now, let me, let me just finish this, this little train of thought for a moment. <coughs> Amos... And Brother Branham would bring it to today's terms. He said, if Amos spoke to Israel back then, and there was another prophet in this day, what do you think that he would do? And he says this, he would stay with the word. That's what he would do. He would tell us straight if we've been taught off the foundation or off the original word, he would tell us what God's word is. And I'm grateful that it's straight. And I say, this is a time we need to take the whole word and eat the whole word. This is not a time to, to just be playing. Uh, I'll say, we need to know where we are with God today. <coughs> now, I'm going to, my, my title today is, He Will Finish the Work, He Knoweth His Seed. And I, I'm going to refer to a scripture in Galatians chapter 3, if you will. And uh, I'm taking this to, to parallel a little bit with what we read out of Romans chapter 9. He will finish the work. But he said, except the Lord left the seed. So in Galatians chapter 3, if you will, and I, I want to just pick this up from, from verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. 
For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be if it be confirmed, no man doesn't disannulleth or addeth thereto. So in verse 13, Paul is saying, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. So the law was what we could do, our do's, our don'ts, what we would keep. You know, let me, let me put it in this terms. Brother Branham would say the first Eve fell. The second Eve will not fall. Now, it's not because we're not stronger, and I'm, I'm going to just come to this and circle around to it. It's not that we're, not, that we're stronger, but it's the seed that God has placed within us. It's the seed that's been deposited, that's a part of God, that we receive when we receive the word. God cannot bypass that seed. And, and when you take that seed and you embrace it, that you're acting in a way that the first Eve didn't. So it's not that we're stronger. It's not that we're smarter. In fact, but our dependency is on the seed word of God. So he drops this down into verse 16. To Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he said, and to seeds as of many, not, and, to, and, and not, he said not to many, but he says, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. Now, I'm going to also ask you to go back to the book of Genesis for a moment. And this is in Genesis chapter 3. And the Lord, said, the Lord God said unto the, this is in verse 14, Genesis 3 verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Now a woman, naturally speaking, does not have a seed, but she is identified as a garden, as a bedding ground, and so she can contain a seed within her. And a seed that is not her own, but it begins to give life to another life. And so we have to recognize Christ is the seed. We are the receptors. So he's giving a promise here in the garden after the fall. And he's saying, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. Now there's both feminine and masculine in the same context here. Now I, I'm going to back up for a little bit and I'm, I'm not going to try to refer to too many scriptures but I, 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 want you, I want to use the opportunity while everybody's mind is on viruses and things like that and, and, and it's a fearful thing. I, I heard when we were in the United States the president called this an invisible thing. Because you can't see it and everybody's fearful and worried about it. And, and I, I just want to say, it's nothing to be worried about. And, I, and I, I want to bring it through this channel to you if I can. I was speaking or I was in communicating with a minister brother and, and he, had, 
he had come across this, and I'm going to use a, a video that he had, he had played, or a couple that he had played, and I'll come to him in a moment. But Brother Branham would say, in, 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 in just in terms of where we're at, he says, we see oncoming, this is in the oncoming storm, we see oncoming plagues and storms that will hit the earth, and thunders and lightnings are going to shake the heavens. Woes are going to pass over the nation. Men will rot in their flesh. Diseases will strike them that the doctors knows nothing about. Now, there's other parts of this that he gives us for comfort, but I'm just, I'm just sharing it with you. Now, let me, let me just take this for a moment. Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1 were created male and female. Now, in Genesis 2, that was a theophany being in Genesis 2, God formed the man out of the earth, and he was made a living soul. So that man had the seed of God in him. He had the thoughts of God in him. He had the nature of God in him. He could not fall. Then God took out of that man a part that would be more susceptible or more vulnerable which was still a part of that man. But that, that part of him could and would have the ability to reproduce life. It was not going to be through the man. It was going to be through the woman that life was going to be reproduced. And then he also put in the garden, he put a being in there called a serpent. Now, let me, let me just make a distinction. Out of all of the animals on the earth, and there was, let me, let me put um, man because Adam in Genesis 2 was actually in the likeness of a beast, though not a beast. But there was only one that had a communication or a contact with God or the ability to hear from God the word that was there, and that was Adam. And he could hear it. He was the only one that could pray to God. There was no other animal. There was no nothing. And then along there was a serpent that was bigger and brighter in the flesh form, if I can say more muscular, more more, more handsome, more, more beautiful, or whatever you want to call it. And, and it was created so close to man that it even had a, a place for a soul, but no soul. So God permitted that. Now, th this, is, this is just tremendous when we look at it. I, I thank God that the cover has been taken off of the book. That we can see these things clearly. Now, if, if we take that, and Adam was there now, Satan was equal with God in all respects, but he could not create. He could not reproduce seed. He could not do what God did in the Garden of Eden, and that was he could not say what God did, which is every seed will bring forth of its own kind. He could not do that, but he could attach himself or begin to indwell if the opportunity was given. And when Satan was cast down to the earth and he sees this serpent, that became a place that he says, I can take my characteristics, the characteristics of Satan, and I can project them through a serpent, an animal body. Listen, let me say this. The serpent was not necessarily evil. But the serpent, when it was used as a tool for the devil, then it became a carrier for evil works to be done. And the serpent was being governed not by 
himself or, or such, but he was being governed by the evil one. Now, Satan could not create God, and, and, and in, 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 in uh, messages in the latter part, God called him a deformer. Okay, now I, I need to start to go down this path, and I need to play this. And I want you to look at this. This is something science has put together, and it's, and it's relative to a virus, a virus being a small little molecule. It's actually harmless, it's actually harmless until it can attach itself to something. And I would say, Brother Adam would say it this way, the devil is actually harmless until he can find someone to work through. So now let's just, just play this video, if you will. We're going to play number one. I'm going to play two of them here, but we'll start with number one. If we can play that. This is the moment when infection begins. How does infection happen? You see the tiny shapes there on the virus particle surface? They seem like random blobs. In reality, they are tiny keys, proteins that have evolved to the perfect shape and size, enabling them to unlock these receptors on the surface of this lung cell. Like a smile and a handshake, the virus deceives this lung cell and is welcomed in, where it will command the cell to make more virus particles. Now, what you saw there was a little, a little, let's call it a virus, they're, they're referring to it, but it really has no power in itself until it can attach itself to something. And this was a virus going onto the cell of a human lung. And if you caught the, the analogy, maybe you didn't hear it, but it says, by a smile and a handshake, they attach themselves. Now, what did Satan do in the Garden of Eden? He disarmed Eve by his approach. He, he, he didn't come and say, this is evil. This is going to cause the fall of the human race. He hid that. It was a smile and a handshake. That's the same way the enemy comes today. He will come in a deceptive way. He will come to try to attach himself because he has no life until he can find a vessel to work through. And it's through deceit that he does it. Now let's, let's go and play number two if we can. Every cell in your body is a tiny factory, constantly making proteins. Your genetic code, or DNA, directs every activity. 
protein-making machinery in the cell reads the cell's own DNA and makes sure the cell proteins go where they're needed. Viruses have their own genetic code, but they don't have the machinery to copy their DNA. So viruses need your cell's machinery to reproduce themselves. A virus starts this process by using the keys on its surface to gain entry. Like a Trojan horse, it enters the cell. releases its own DNA into the unsuspecting cell and hijacks the protein-making machinery. Now, this vital cell function becomes an assembly line for new virus particles. No longer in service to your body, the cell now serves the virus, manufacturing thousands of new virus particles, which are released to enslave more cells thousands and thousands more. Now, if, if you need, I'll make these available to anybody that would desire them, but it has no, this virus has no intelligence of its own. It deceives. And it actually attaches itself. It renders the defense mechanisms of the cell such that it receives this virus. And once it receives it, it takes on a life and it calls it, it enslaves it. Now, let me, let me what, what you see in the world today is natural types the spiritual. But I, I want to say it this way. There, there's a virus that's going out, and, and it, it, it probably has, from all accounts, they're saying a 1% mortality rate. The bubonic plague actually had 50%, but a 1% mortality rate. So once it works and it finds a weakness, it gets in and, and it begins to strengthen itself. And, and if you follow this video through, and if it wasn't clear, the, the, uh, it, it begins to then take that life, it enslaves it, and it reproduces more of itself. So now it's not taking the original path, but now it's taking a deformed path. And it's going down another channel. Okay, so that's what happens in the physical. Now, I, I, need to, I need to just drop a few things in here. Stay with me if you can. And, and, I, and this is not so much a preaching as it is, I want you to think about this and reflect on this. Because even if we, and I say this way, Brother Branham, he said, I'm not immune. He actually says that. He says, I myself am no different than anyone else. In our flesh, we are no different than anyone else. And we are susceptible to these things because of the fall and because of everyone that was born after that. So what, what happened here? If, if we take it this way, Eve received the lie of the devil. And when she received the lie of the devil, and, and she received his word above God's word, inside began a life inside of her that began to give birth to something else. It conceived a different being. Satan had injected himself into humanity. And so he injected it in, and everything that bred off of that was subject to that life now. And it kept manufacturing. 
So Eve's body became a, a machinery, it became a manufacturing station, it became a factory where the devil came through. All because she received his lie. And when she received his lie, she received his life. So now, now just, just stay with me. He disarmed her. He, she went down that path. She, she began to go that way. And, and, I, and I'll say it this way. Just talking to some of the people, I had a friend of mine call me. And, and, and he says, Ed, how are you doing? And I, and I said, I'm doing fine. He says, what, what's going on here? And he knows I'm a Christian. He says, like, how do you see all this? Aren't you worried? And I go, well, you know, it's, it's concerning and we have to protect ourselves. But I, I, I can say, and I, and I just said to him, I said, Rod, I said, ultimately I believe that there's someone who's watching out over me without trying to preach to him. And he knew what I, exactly what I meant. And he said, no, I'm not worried because I'm thankful I've received his word, his life. Now, let, let me just say it this way. So this intelligence came in. Eve believed it. Through the lie, she received his life. And, and when she rejected the word of God, that was... Now, let me say this. Eve was vulnerable, but she was safe as long as she stayed behind Adam. So her protection was Adam. Because... That's what she was given. And I say, our protection, we are safe as long as we stay behind Christ. That's our protection. Our protection is not of ourselves. It's not because we have more knowledge. It's not because of that. But we abide in Him. So we stay and we receive his word, which is his seed. Eve did not receive his word. And she... And the minute she denied it, she became an adulteress. Now, I, I need to just drop this in because look at what Adam did. Adam could not be deceived. Eve was deceived. Adam could not be deceived. Immediately, he took Eve to himself. And when he took her, God could not destroy Eve because Adam's seed was in her. That's the seed that we've received. You cannot be destroyed because you've received his seed word. Now, thank God for that. What the first Adam did, the second Adam did. It's our protection. It's exactly what we need in this hour. Now, let me, let me, let me <coughs> say it this way. Um... There is a part of, of the worry of the world that's out there right now that's associated with the physical. I took this scripture before I left, and I didn't realize how pertinent it would be, but about our hiding place being in Christ. And in other words, there'd be a need to hide. There'd a need to be in protection somewhere. And then under the opening of the seals, when we come to the sixth seal, it talks about the disruption of nature that's the earth groaning, but there was a reciprocal effect that went down to man, where it says, all the rich men, all the poor men, all the bondsmen, everybody was trying to hide from the wrath of the Lamb. Now think about this. You can be a millionaire. You can go grab your own private island, your own private health, health staff, and, and you can be on the island and ride it out for the next six months. And I'll say, and you might be free, but I'll say this, everyone's affected. And they're affected because 
They're looking at their stocks. They're looking at the economy. They're looking at their riches. And it's affecting their spirit realm. And it's causing them to worry. It's causing them to, 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 to be in, 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 in fear. Friends, there's only one thing that's the safety. It's in Christ, the Word. And I'll say that's our protection. Now, if, if I can just take this a little bit further, Satan hates that life. Listen, I, let, let me, Brother Dan, let's play the last video. This is, this is related to how a vaccine begins to work. Let me, let me take this for a moment. Human viruses are highly adapted to growing in human cells. These viruses reproduce thousands of times in human cells, gaining access using specific receptors that match molecules on cell surfaces. Like athletes, they get stronger and stronger by continually training under the same conditions. And yet, it's this very strength that makes it possible to weaken the virus. This weakening is the key to making live vaccines. How do scientists make this kind of vaccine? By forcing the virus to grow in different kinds of cells in the lab. In these chick embryo cells, most of the virus particles that were so good at growing in humans can't access the chick cells. But with sheer numbers on their side, a few virus particles are able to unlock the chick cells, infect them, and begin adapting to this new environment. The virus adapts by modifying its genes, but there's a price to pay. As the virus gets better and better at growing in the chick cells, it gets worse and worse at growing in our cells. Now, when reintroduced to the human body as a vaccine, these modified or weakened viruses have a hard time infecting human cells. The virus multiplies less efficiently, giving the immune system the time it needs to gather information about the virus and mount an antibody response. The vaccine provides immunity to natural infection without making us pay the price of natural infection. Now, it's maybe a little scientific and such, but the gist of it is, is what they do is they take a cell that begins to inflict some of the disease or the capability of the virus that's in it and allow it time to reproduce the, the DNA of the body to reproduce or counter-effect what's there. Um, everything goes through a cycle of death and life. And when God pronounced judgment on the earth, that you, the day you eat thereof is the day you die, that cycle is there. And he knew it right from the beginning because there, knew, there would have to be a law of reproduction. When, when, my, my, when we were away in Florida, we went on a little kayak trip. And we, we were in what they call these mango groves. And we were, it's on the ocean. It's trees that are kind of in the, in the salt water and such there. And they're amazing trees because they, they feed off of the salt water. And as we were going, the, the guide that was taking us through in the kayaks, and we were going there, and he shows, now look at these trees. They go through a cycle of life and death, but they're green all year round. 
And he pointed out, he says, now you see that yellow leaf on that tree? The tree has the capability to allow the death to be channeled to one leaf, to one branch, to one place, and that branch falls off and allows that cycle of death to spew out and life to come back in. And I'm going, this is amazing. I said, because when, when Adam fell and when man fell, there was one that came and he took the full penalty in himself. And when Satan went to inject his virus into him, he injected it, but the, vi- the stinger stuck. And when he pulled it out, he has no more stinger. The stinger is embedded in Christ and that life of that seed rose again. That life is the life you've received. Satan hates that life. Why? Because he has no power over that life. And when you receive the life of Christ, you've already received the antidote. You've already received every quality that you need for Laodicea. You have received everything you need for the physical, for the mental. You have it for every part of you. No matter what comes, your seed is Christ. That's our protection. My, I said I wasn't going to preach, but here I go. Listen, let me just, as an admonition, I'm going to wind my thoughts down. <clears throat> We ourselves are a potential place that can be used. Now, before you were born again, you had a body, you had a spirit, and you had a soul. And Brother Brandon would say that it's the nature of the soul that governs the spirit. So your nature, which was unregenerated, we had no problems when we were sinners to do what we did. But thank God there was a seed there. Thank God there was an ability to be reborn there. Thank God he put that there. And so when he put that there, so your first nature, you know, you're, you're, you, you, let me, I'm moving from the physical to the spiritual. You, you, your first nature was, well, let's go out and do, you know, abominable idolatries and things. You had no problem with it because that's the nature you were first born under. But when you're born again, so you were fed by that nature. The more you gave yourself, the more that manifests in your body. But when you're born again, now there's another nature, not a fallen nature, but a restored nature, the seed of Christ. We were by nature the children of wrath, but now we're born again, and there began to be a war. And that war began to be, I, I, I need more of God. I need to give myself to the things of God. The more you give yourself to God, the more he can work through you. The more you feed on the things of God, the stronger you will be. You know, the devil is almost powerless until he can find someone to work through. If he, if he by a physical, can take a virus and attach itself, you know, here's, here's the thing that blows my mind almost is, you know, Children, parents can take all of these protections and measures to protect their children. Here, it's all okay. You're protected. You're behind the screen. You're in this house. And then they'll go and they'll say, go and watch this Netflix. Go and watch this YouTube. Allowing the viruses to stream in that are more fatal than the physical is. Because a soul that sinneth will surely die. 
And I say, whatever you're feeding on, you are just giving a vent to Satan or to God. And I say, I want to give it to God. I don't want to give any tool for the devil to work through me. Brother Brandon would talk about women, and he would talk. This isn't, you know, it's easy to default to this. And I, I, I don't mean to, and I'm, I'll give some other examples. But he says a woman dresses a certain way, does certain things, carries herself a certain way. He says, and he would say it in one place, she doesn't know that she's a tool of the devil. And now we, we major on this a lot because it is a woman's age. There's a woman rising in Revelation 17. That's a great one. But I, I say that, but a woman can be, a few, be literally give life to characteristics that's, that the devil wants to embody in this age. But it's not just women. It, it, it can be preachers. I, I can come and preach a certain way, and I can give life. I can, I, I can, can take it anything less. This will be Sunday, but I'm not going to go down. Anything less than the pure Word of God. Anything, if it's my if it's my personality that I'm mixing in, if it's my thought, if it's, if it's fear, the world is coming to an end. Listen, that, that's just producing, uh, that's not producing a rapture. The rapture comes by the word, not by fear. And, and so you, you can use the internet and give life to your ideas. You can put posts, and listen, in the last days I probably used my phone and put more posts on than ever before. And, and, and if we're not careful, sometimes we go too far down a path. And I say, God help us to keep in the right channel, to stay and post the right things, not to get carried away. Let's, let's stay our focus on something. So, so we, we, we can do that. You know, our homes become a generating station for either God to work or for the enemy to work. How we as parents give heed to our children and we say, here's a way, and we allow God to work, that can be tremendous. But I'll tell you what, we can put them in front of any kind of electronic gadget and just say, and I say, we need to have a care and a guard for how we handle our homes. This message has been given to us. I'm winding down. <coughs> this message has been given us. I, 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 Lord willing, on Sunday, I want to talk not so much on the natural but the spiritual. There are 200,000 demon powers they came against Israel in a natural way. They come against the bride in a spiritual way. They come against you when you go to bed tonight, when you wake up in the morning. Sometimes they bother you through the night. And you need to continually cast them down. You need to say, I'm not going to be a tool for the enemy to work through. In, in my actions, in my thoughts, in my words, I'm not going to allow him that place. You know, really, you know, the, the Brother Bram talks about Satan's going to be bound for a thousand years. Do you know how he's bound? By a chain of circumstances, he has nobody to work through. And you know who's on earth at that time? The, the bride is in a honeymoon, is in a, in a place with God, but he cannot work through them. That's the way it was back in Eden. That's the way it's going again today. That's where we're going to. And I'm going to say right now, you don't have power to render the enemy defenseless in yourself, but the seed word that you're feeding on, that will give you power. That will give you exactly what you need. Speak good things. Keep your mind stayed on God. 
Brother Ray, I'm going to ask you to come up here and sing a couple songs. Demon powers utter, utterly going, coming into the earth. What are, I'm asking the question as we close. This, this may have been a little crude and a little simple, but wherever we are, what are we opening up to? And I'm saying, a virus can attach itself. You can be a carrier and you can attach it to someone else. You can allow your unbelief to go on to your friend. You can carry it over to someone else. Or you can be one that blocks it. You can isolate that virus by what you take. Your seed is Christ. He's going to finish the work. He's going to bring us back to where Adam and Eve fell from. But he's, uh, he's going to do it by what? By what Eve fell from, which was adhering to the word of God, this Eve will not fall. This Eve will do what the first Eve did not do. Not that we're smarter, but we just receive it. We receive the word of God. I trust that you, God spoke to you in some way through, through what we ministered tonight. I just want to say we're coming to a great climax. And I say there's events that are happening, and Lord willing, I'm going to go their way, but I say in a simple way, just as we consecrate, I'll ask you to stand I'm going to ask Brother Ray to sing. I'd like him to sing one song to start, and then I'd like to have a word of prayer, and then he can finish on with the songs. But I'd like him to sing, Keep Your Mind Stayed Upon Me. Keep Your Mind Stayed Upon You. I'm going to ask him to sing that, and then I want to have a word of prayer. But I want you just to think about the devil can't do anything unless you let him. And maybe you can't overcome him yourself, but Christ in you can overcome him.